the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer back with more End Time Insights. Thank you for tuning in and listening. I praise God for those that listen. I hope you're growing. You know, I've been talking to my friends and, you know, different people have different um, ministries. And, you know, Diane and I, when we were starting our business, my wife, she handed out flyers in, in the city of Houston, the entire city. I'm sure she got close to a million flyers out. God bless her. And it was a seed investing ministry. We planted seed. We didn't see much fruit. I mean, we get a phone call occasionally. Hey, Ron, I got the tractor, came with the flyer. And my son and I, we prayed that prayer, and I just wanted to thank you. But we were building a reputation as a good company, as Christians. And so at that point in our lives, that's what we were doing. Now we're doing Bible studies. And while I may not have an evangelical calling on my life, I definitely have a heart to protect the body of Christ, to guard the body of Christ. You know, we're not necessarily getting people saved, but we are definitely protecting those that are saved in the midst of this apostasy. That's why we give you all these warnings. God's really laid it on my heart. He's opened up the scriptures to talk about the things that are threatening us as we wind down the age of man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So today I want to talk to you from 1 John chapter 2, and it's Love Not the World. And in this chapter, John speaks of several things. As a reminder, John's letters are written to the church. you got to understand that. He begins by telling the church that his writings here are so that the church would not sin. He speaks of brotherly love and obedience to Jesus and his word. Then he begins to warn the church of some hidden dangers, a love for the world and the things in the world. And he's not talking in the sense of like, not loving the gardens and the birds and the sky and the sun and the moon and the way of a man with a maid and stuff. He's talking about the fallen state of the world. He's talking about the world system. The God of this earth has control over the world system. His name is Satan, and he's talking about don't love that world. He's not talking in the sense of not appreciating the carnal beauties because this world can be beautiful, and this is the world in its fallen state. Where do we get to the millennial reign? And then after that, where do we get to living here eternally on this renewed planet? Old things have become old, new. All things are new in Christ. And this is going to be a great, great place. You know, we don't spend eternity in heaven. We spend eternity on the new earth here. And it's going to be awesome. Hallelujah. He then goes on to describe the dangers that come from living in this fallen world of wickedness. And then finally, he talks to the church about warning them of the Antichrist spirit, which is here in the earth today, and that is the author of the apostasy, the Antichrist spirit. As we are preparing to meet our Lord Jesus Christ in the air, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, 
the people who don't know God, they're ready to receive their king, the Antichrist spirit, and they're doing everything in their power to prepare the world for that. You see the move that trying to destroy the American dollar that stands in the way of a one world money system, uh, which will be an earmark of the and a hallmark of the um, rule of the Antichrist globalism. So the church is in the way of that. Once we're gone, then all of that will manifest. So 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And I love the way God connects thoughts. And he, he's really plain here, really clear. Don't love the world. Plain and simple. Don't love the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. You're either going to be loving the world or you're going to be loving God. You can't do both. Love not. Do not love the world. That's a command. It is impossible for the Christian to love the world and to love God. It can't be done. I have a great distaste for the world. I am appalled. I'm not appalled because I know what the Bible says, but I am disgusted. I am put off by the things that I see happening in the world. I know it's a fallen world. I know we've rejected the Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I know that we're in huge trouble. So nothing really surprises me. And it does disgust me, and it's just just when I think we can do no worse, go no further away from God, something weird happens, and there we are again. So just don't get attached to the things of the world. Loving the world will displace our love for God. Conversely, loving God will displace one's love for the world. You can do one or the other, but you can't do both. No man can serve two masters. Once again, John's not talking about flowers and birds and streams and stars. He's talking about the wicked world, the fallen state, the sin-ravaged nature of broken human community, of humanity. Christians are not to be attached to that. We aren't to be associated with that. We don't desire what the world offers, and we don't play by its rules. And very important, and I mean, I see it all the time. We are a carnal church in America. I can't speak for the other churches. But we've lost our spirituality, you know, issues such as abortion and homosexuality, divorce, um, uh, open borders. These are spiritual issues. But because the church has gone silent, anytime the church backs out of something, Satan rushes in. Fools rush in. Satan rushes in to take the ground from us. And he has abortion, divorce, homosexuality, drug abuse. All these are spiritual issues, but they become political issues because the church has gone quiet on them. And somehow we've got to find our voice concerning these issues to warn the world and the Americans about the sin that they're committing, which is an evident sign that they are apart from God. And, you know, their souls, their eternal souls are on the line here. So he's talking about the wicked world. Christians are not to be attached to that. We're not to be associated with that. We shouldn't be desiring the things that appeal to the flesh. Let's read verse 6 in that. First John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. And in verse 6 in John, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. So he's going to break that down. The lust of the flesh, let's call this lust of the flesh. I've got a couple of things there. Sex, sex which is good. It, it's not bad unless... It's out of the marriage, and then it becomes something that's forbidden by God. And that's what he's talking about. Sex was designed to be good, but when it's abused, when it's taken out of the marital covenant, it becomes something bad, and we can get addicted to it. Food. 
food is good. God created sustenance for us to eat, to be healthy, to have energy in our bodies, to power our bodies. And yet, when it becomes lust and we start becoming addicted to food, our bodies get out of whack. But it's something that God created good, the devil meant for evil. Uh, Also, um, work. You know, I work, I love to work, and work is good. It's an opportunity for God to meet my needs through my job, through my business. And yet, we can become addicted to work, workaholics, and it costs us our relationships. So there are things that are good, but because of the fallen state of the world, these things, eventually they harm us. What else? Work, good. What happened is man is counterfeiting the things of God. We reject God. Like I said, Satan comes in. Man counterfeits the things of God. And things that started out as pure and good and helpful and healthy, all of a sudden they become objects of lust. We become addicted to them. And man in his fallen state gets destroyed by them. So verse 6, Philip's translation, never give your hearts to this world or to any of the things in it. A man cannot love the Father and love the world at the same time. For the whole world system based as it is on men's primitive desires, their greedy ambitions, and the glamour of all that they think splendid is not derived from the Father at all. It doesn't come from the Father, but from the world itself. The world and all its passionate desires will one day disappear. But the man who is following God's will is part of the permanent and cannot die. I love that. And he's talking about the fact that if you love the world, you will die. But if you love God, that's where your eternal life is. As the lust and the passions of the world die with this world, so too do those who are living by that. And you've got to be very careful about it. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the desires of the world, we talked about that. The lust of the eyes. You know, what you see. And men are attracted to women by what they see. That's the way God created man. And that's supposed to be pure and it's supposed to be clean in a marriage relationship. And now there's this whole worldwide billion-dollar industry that's called pornographic viewing. And it's taking advantage of something that was good, man's desire to appreciate the beauty in his wife. And it's turned into something foul and filthy and depraved. And it's led to many, many, many mighty men being fallen down. Matter of fact, somebody sent me a Facebook thing the other day about, Ron, what's your opinion on this, about the 300 Baptist pastors who have been um, found out to be sexually abusing young girls? I go, I didn't hear anything about that at all. And so uh, they asked my opinion on it. And I said, well, gee, obviously they need to step down of their own accord. If they won't do that, then they need to be removed. They need to be held accountable for their sin. And then there's the legal aspect of it. You know, whatever the law decides to do to them, they've earned it. They're guilty. And so that's where we've come to where our leaders are being destroyed because they're attracted to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. And then there's the pride of life, of course, which goes with man's personal accomplishments You know, you see our preachers, they're doing well financially. Their congregations are growing. And what happens? They get trapped. The Bible says, he that will be rich gets a snare unto himself. And we've seen that before. How many preachers are are stuck in spirits of covetousness, spirits of greed, and they're being destroyed? Because those spirits don't come by themselves. When you get hooked on by one spirit, there's always associated spirits that'll take you down. For instance, you can be uh, trapped into having money as a preacher and an inordinate lust to get more and more and more. And next thing you know, you start changing the word of God. You start preaching a different gospel. Your doctrine becomes full of errors. That's because these spirits, they don't travel alone. They're like, you ever see a pride of lions when they go after somebody? There's 
four, five, six, ten, twelve lions going after a single bull. And the devil's the same way. He's demonic in his assaults. He's relentless in his attacks. And if you have any heart that follows after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, you got to be careful. It's going to take you down. That's why John's warning is right here. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We read it over in the scripture that it says, never give your heart to this world or to any of the things that are in it. Never give your heart. Will you give your heart? Lord, I give you my heart. Amen. Well, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The expanded version. Be careful what you're thinking about. Above all that you guard, protect your heart, because your thoughts run your life. Life flows from your heart. I love that. But notice in the King James, keep your heart with all diligence. Mm, It's on you. It's your job to keep your heart, to guard your heart with all diligence. Guarding your heart, it's not a part-time job, it's a full-time job. Let's go back to verse 6. This time I want to give you the message translation. The King James, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, it's not from God, but it's from the world. And the message says it like this. Don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically, everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with God. It just isolates you from the Father. The world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. And that's well said, because I had always been under the assumption that uh, if you had, let's say you had, you were trapped in sexual lust, and then hell is where you will still have that sexual lust, but you will never have an opportunity to fulfill it. And man was created with a desire to know God. It, you know, Romans 1 talks about it. We know God. We knew him in his divine power, his authority, and we know him as a creator. And so inherently, we are born with a desire to know God. And it's the world that gets in the way. It is Satan that distracts us, that keeps us from knowing God as we ought to. And that's why many people, they never make heaven. They never come to know him as they should because they become trapped into the lust and the desires of the eyes of the flesh and the pride of their own accomplishment. And it's a shame because we're losing people. That's why we're doing this warnings again because we love you guys and it's important. I don't know if they're telling you this in your church pulpit, but you need to know this. You need to... Find out the warnings that are in the Bible, specifically for these last days when the arrival of Christ is about to happen, when the Antichrist is about to come on the scene. You need to know this stuff ahead of time. Here, I'll give you the last scripture I've got in my notes today because it's important. It's what what I'm talking about. Uh, 1 John 2, verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Wow. He's telling you, I'm writing this stuff because people are out there to seduce you. There are evil people in the world, and they are after your souls. Remember, both God and Satan, their goal is the same. Their goal is your soul. Loving the things of the world leads to carnality. Carnality dominates the Spirit of God in our lives. Living in the flesh will remove God's presence from our lives. Did you catch that? Loving the things of the world leads to carnality. Carnality dominates the spirit of God in our lives. Living in the flesh will remove God's presence from our lives. Don't forget that free will that God's given you. It's both a blessing and it's a prison. You've got to be very, very careful that you allow the Holy Spirit of God to be doing the work in you. 
Colossians 3, 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things of this earth. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. The things of this fallen world, they're not from God. The things that appeal to our flesh, the appetites the flesh has, the temporal things we see, and even the victories we achieve in this life that produce pride in ourselves, and there's many of them, they're not from God. The pursuits that we have, the lust for the American dream, remember, got to achieve the American dream, go to college, get a job, make a lot of money, have two babies, white picket fence, two cars, two TVs, bathroom, every house, you know, these are part of the American dream and it's been sold to our people for decades. It sounds nice, but it's not from God, but it's how we measure success in our lives by material things. But it's not how Father sees success. The proof that we are a carnal church is in the way that we follow people and follow their teachings, no matter how unbiblical they may be. First John chapter 4, verse 1, beloved, and remember that word beloved, it's used only for the church and for the Lord Jesus Christ. You will never see that word used for any other people but the church and Jesus Christ. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And I guess I should point this out, although to me it should be evident, because here is where most of you guys are going to miss it. John didn't say try the man. He said try the spirits. There's a difference. 99% of you can't get past the man. Forget about the man. That's not what's being said. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether those spirits are from God or not. There are many famous preachers that are leading many people straight to hell. And they're doing it through false doctrine. They've changed the gospel to make it easier for people to come to Christ. They've removed the conviction. They've removed talking about the sin. Seeker-friendly churches. What do you want? Donuts? We'll have donuts and coffee. Come on out. And we are accommodating man. What we've done is we've allowed the culture to dictate how the church will act. No, the church needs to dictate how the culture will act. The culture is supposed to respond to the gospel. The gospel, now the churches, the Christians in America are responding to the culture. We're changing the gospel to accommodate the culture. That's no good. Both are going to wind up in hell. You've got to stick to the word of God. You've got to stick to the gospel. Let me say this again. I guess I should point this out because here's where most of you are going to miss it. John didn't say try the man. We like our preachers. We love our preachers. And yet, because we like them, we let them get away with saying anything that they want. No, Jesus said you've got to try the spirits. Paul said, I know no man after the flesh. Jesus liked Peter, right? Well, Jesus loved Peter just as much as you love your pastor, probably more. Yet because he loved God and his truths, Jesus did. Jesus called out the spirit that was speaking through Peter. Remember, get, get behind me, Satan. You desire the things of the flesh, not the things of the spirit. We need to have that approach to our leaders because many of them, woke pastors, they're preaching to the culture. They've adopted the gospel to make sure that they get their checks, they get their pews filled, they got a good name, a good reputation, and they should be preaching the gospel. The gospel should be confrontational. It should offend the sinner. We must be willing to do the same like Jesus did. Otherwise, our souls are going to stay at risk. Try the spirit. The spirit of error will always reveal itself. And it's rather easy to discern, but you must get past the man. I don't care how much you like the pastor. I don't care if he's your father. I don't care if he's your husband. You must know God's word. You must try those spirits. Why? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 
We're fed carnally by the world all day and all night, 24-7, 365 days a year. The ministry of Satan's world, it never stops. The world system of Satan never stops. It feeds us when we're awake, and it governs our lives every minute. I have no problem not loving the world. As a Bible-reading and Christ-obeying child of God, I find the world system quite revolting, to be honest with you. I'm ruled by love. The world is ruled by hate. I live to serve. The world demands I bow. I feed on truth. The world feeds on deception. I could go on and on, but there really isn't any more, anything else for me to do but love. I enjoy sports. I enjoy competition and a good movie now and then, but I can't let them have my heart. Remember, what did the Message Bible said? It said, uh, give your heart to God. Don't give it away to the things of the world, the world's temple. But the things of God, they're eternal. Truth be told, our spirits, they're malnourished. There is just too much to compete with. Daily prayer and Bible reading falls way behind in the competition for our time, for our souls. TV news, sports, media, entertainment, jobs, schools, friends, family. In the American culture, all of them come before God. Just look at the latest reasons that perhaps you didn't go to church or you didn't read your Bible or you're not praying, not attending church. Our culture is winning the battle for our souls. That must stop. We must return to dynamic powerful preaching of the Word of God. 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul. Like the Scripture said earlier, we must not have a provision for fulfilling the lust of the flesh. That's got to change. Our vision's got to be spiritual. I have an anti-vision for the things of the flesh. If the church is to regain a place of prominence in this war, We must take back our thought life. We must take back the lack of gospel preaching and start preaching from the pulpit again the things of God. We must once again become a voice that can be heard, a voice that can be trusted in our nation. Sadly, all that this is proving right now is that the love of the Father is missing from the church. Remember, love not the world, neither love the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. You know, I don't want to go to church and hear nice stories. You know, uh, by the way, hats off. I digressed. I mean, I get done with the sermon because of this. But Bible Gateway, you're familiar with Bible Gateway, a great study tool. And you can go on Bible Gateway, look up any scripture, and you can get like 25, 26, 27 different English translations of that one verse. Well, they just removed, they quit carrying the Passion Translation, which isn't a translation at all. And it's barely a paraphrase. But they quit carrying it. And they said the reason they quit carrying it didn't conform to their biblical standards of truth and proper translation. The author of the Bible, the Passion Translation, and that's a misnomer. The author of the Bible called the Passion Translation, I think his name is Simmons. It might be Brian Simmons. And he readily admits he wrote it to help compare, to have people be able to communicate with God emotionally rather than spiritually. And the Bible says God is a spirit. Those that come to him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You are supposed to connect with God spiritually. You can't connect to him fleshly, emotionally. You can't connect to him that way. And yet when we're writing books that pass themselves off as the Bible, promoting a carnal approach to God, you can see the trouble that we're in. So once again, I appreciate Bible Gateway saying we will not use this as a translation. We will remove it as a resource. I know it's difficult, guys, uh, to walk in the Spirit. I know there's so many attractions out there, but it's a battle we've got to win. It's a decision we have to make. You know, you got taste in your body. You got touch, smell, 
feel. I mean, you got all these things in your body, and they're waging war against your spirit, man. You know, you, you want to fast, and you drive past a steak place, and it smells so good. I mean, there's things that are working against you to be a successful Christian that walks in the spirit. But God has given you everything that you need that pertain to life and godliness. You've got the Holy Spirit of God leading you and guiding you. You are spirit-bred. You should be spirit-fed. You will be spirit-led when you do all that. And you have to live a life that honors God spiritually. So that's why we're doing this. I want to encourage you to do this. You've got to make sure that you're listening to men uh, that are preaching the Word of God to you. You've got to make sure that you're obeying the Word of God to you. You've got to make sure that you are committed. There, there can be no compromise. The Bible says in Matthew 6, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Your heart will follow your treasure. Your treasure will control your heart. All you need to do to discover one's treasure is to listen to them speak. And we talk about the things we love. So I want to encourage you once again, read the Bible, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. In Jesus' name, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.